Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 19. Deuteronomy 1, 19. When Jesus came to this earth, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he ministered to those who who came to him in sin and brokenness and offered them forgiveness. Um, He taught them and and he ministered in a way that revealed who God was and and he invited people to put their trust in him. Uh, Some did, Uh, many though in the Jewish nation did not. And uh, Jesus said, because you did not recognize the day of your visitation, your house has left you desolate. And we know that uh, the scripture tells us that um, Jesus predicted the destruction of Jerusalem, and that indeed happened in AD 70. Uh, The Romans destroyed Jerusalem. Uh, The temple was destroyed. And... um, the, the time of God's favor for Israel and, and to receive her Messiah had passed for a season uh, because they refused to trust in God's messenger, Jesus Christ. And um, there is, in each of our lives, I think those times where God calls us to trust him. Uh, maybe it's a challenging time, uh, a time of trial, or maybe it's a, it's a challenge that God places before us and, and there are some things we need to, to, to do to step out and trust Him in obedience. Or maybe it is we've stepped out and trusted God in obedience, but there are obstacles that come up in our way and, and we're, we're struggling with these obstacles and, and God is challenging us to trust Him uh, with these things in our lives. And, and uh, e- each one of these things represents an opportunity for us to see God work and move in an amazing way. Uh, Jesus, many times with the disciples, said, uh, how long will you fail to believe? Why is this unbelief? Uh, how great is your unbelief? And, and over and over and over and over again, Jesus spoke to these disciples about their lack of faith. That encourages me. I don't know if that encourages you. Uh, but all of us, I think, at one time or another, will falter in our faith. There will be times of doubt. But, uh, but there are going to be those times where God calls us to trust Him. Uh, and there, it's, it's a significant event in our life that is kind of a fork in the road. And that's where the Israelites are um, here in this, uh, in this section of Scripture. They're standing on the brink of the promised land. This is the second generation. Uh, and Moses is going to remind them of the first generation that came before that at that crossroads refused to trust God. And they let the circumstances and the things that were there um, keep them from obeying God. Uh, this had been a pattern in their life. They, you know, something would happen, trouble would crop up, and, and they would grumble and complain and uh, murmuring. I love that word. Uh, not a good action, but I love the word. It's very descriptive. And, uh, and they would complain. And God, the Bible says God's anger would be kindled. Um, and so this was a pattern for them. 
But ultimately, it resulted in, the, in God's blessing that God intended for them and in His heart of love had prepared for them. Their rebellion had grown so much that they refused to trust God and they said, God has brought us here uh, to destroy us at the hands of the, of the Amorites and the Canaanites. The opposite was true. Uh, but that was their heart of rebellion toward God. And so uh, in those times where we're challenged to trust God, we need to trust God. And uh, the title of my message is, Why Should We Trust God? We're going to talk about some reasons. So look with me at verse 19 of, of Deuteronomy 1. We then set out from Horeb and went all, across all the great and terrible wilderness that you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, just as the Lord our God had commanded us. When we reached Kadesh Barnea, I said to you, you have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and take possession of it, as Yahweh, the God of your fathers, has told you. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Then all of you approached me and said, let's send men ahead of us, uh, so that they may explore the land for us and bring back a report about the route we should go up and the cities we will come to. The plan seemed good to me, so I selected 12 men from among you, one man for each tribe. They left and went up into the hill country and came to the valley of Eskel, uh, shouting, uh, scouting the land. They took some of the fruit from the land in their hands and carried it down to us and brought back a report. The land the Lord your God is giving us is good, but you are not willing to go up, rebelling against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, The Lord brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites so that they would destroy us because he hated us. Where can we go? Our brothers have discouraged us, saying, The people are larger and taller than we are, and the cities are large, fortified to the heavens. We also saw the descendants of the Anakim there. So I said to you, Don't be afraid or terrified of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will fight for you. Just as you saw him do for you in Egypt. And you saw in the wilderness how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son. All along the way you traveled until you reached this place. But in spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God who went before you on the journey to seek out a place for you to camp. He went in the fire by night and in the cloud by day to guide you on the road you were to travel. Why should we trust God? Well, several reasons I want you to see. First of all... There are gifts to receive. There are gifts to receive. Verse 20 says, I said to you, you have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. You see, God had a good purpose for them. He wanted to give them something uh, that they could enjoy. How many times have I talked to somebody about salvation that has, has refused it, and has not realized the gift of God that is such a wonderful blessing in this life, is salvation. Um, but not only salvation, but there are other things that we, we receive by faith. Matter of fact, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, just about everything that we do in the Christian life, we do by faith. And so if we accomplish something, we accomplish it by faith. And if we, if we receive something, we receive it by faith. And so God wanted them to go into this land and enjoy the fruitfulness of the land. Uh, he, wanted, he wanted them to enjoy um, the security of living in a country and, and, and not have to wander around from place to place. 
Uh, he wanted them to, to enjoy the worship in the land that God had prepared for them. But all of these things were things that they didn't get to enjoy in the way that God desired them to because they refused to obey God and they refused to trust Him and enter, enter the land. God had gifts to give them that they would only receive if they trusted God and stepped out in faith. Um, I remember uh, my last church and, and I was going through some trouble and ultimately there were many times that I just wanted to get out of the situation because it was painful. And, uh, and I remember God would not let me leave. He's Lord, I'm ready to go. You know, he wasn't ready for me to go. And so uh, I, I stayed. But, you know, I'm so grateful to God that I stayed. Because on the other side of the trouble was a great blessing that I'll never forget as long as I live. God began to answer prayers and, and do things that I thought, at one point, I'd given up. Lord, this, this, this is never going to change. This is always going to be this way. And God showed me that where he steps into a situation, what is impossible for men is possible with God. And the whole situation turned around. Uh, people broken at the altar, people being saved every service. It was just, just an amazing work of God that I would have missed. I would have missed the gift that God desired me to receive had I, not, had I not followed God. And there's probably some things that I have missed because I haven't obeyed God and trusted God along the way. Um, but but those, those things in life, sometimes trusting God involves uh, just, just a step that we take that may seem like a small, insignificant step. How about taking a step into a river doesn't sound like that big a deal does it that's what God told the the priest to do in Joshua's day I want you to step into the Jordan and when you step into the Jordan uh, the, the Jordan's going to stop flowing so you can cross it it's going to pile up in a heap wouldn't you like to see that It'd probably be like uh, watching some great special effects or something on a movie but uh, that's what the priest did they stepped into the river it was at flood stage, and all of a sudden, God just whoosh. There's water's piling up in a heap, and they're walking across on dry land. You see, but they had to take that step. They had to, to take the step of trusting in God. So uh, in order to receive the gift of the promised land, they had to trust him. So Moses is reminding them of what the first generation, he's, he's, he's addressing it to them. He said, this is what you did. It's actually that first generation, but they're uh, part of that nation. And so Moses is addressing it, you did this. And so he's saying, look, don't make the same mistake twice. Uh, you're on the brink of the promised land. Go across, receive the gifts that God has for you, and uh, enjoy the blessing. Um, when God called me to preach, I was frankly scared to death. I did not, I had always said I'll, I won't ever be a preacher. I'd always said that um, that's the last thing, you know, it's the last thing on my mind to, to do. I, I just really didn't want to do it. Uh, I had that uh, experience of getting up when I was a teenager and speaking for five minutes and not being able to think of one other thing to say. Uh, 
and I just thought, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. Uh, it's not what I want. And, and God began to change my heart. And then at a certain point, God just laid upon my heart, this is what you're to do. And I had a choice. Will I obey God and go God's way, or will I go my own way? And, uh, and so I surrendered to God. I said, Lord, I, you know, uh, I have some doubts about this, but uh, I'll do it. And, um, and so, uh, you know, God ended up blessing me, and I look back at it now, and I can't imagine having made a different decision. But at the time, it didn't feel that way. And, and I've, I've gotten to see God do some great things um, in my life through the decision to, to follow him in that role. Um, sometimes the decision has been a smaller decision, like uh, speaking to somebody or confronting somebody. I, I had a friend in, in the military that I God led me to confront. That's never pleasant, is it? And um, God had just laid that on my heart, and I was struggling with it, and I was wrestling with it. But I, I spoke to him, and his heart just was open. And he began to weep, and we began to talk about the Lord. He pulled me in the side room, we began to talk. And it was just a great thing. But I wouldn't have had the gift of seeing God work in his life if I hadn't been willing to trust him. And so uh, there's, been, there's been plenty of, of uh, failures in my life. But, but uh, I'm so glad for those times when I stepped out and trusted Jesus in the way that I should. And um, why should we trust God? Because there are gifts to receive. I think there are uh, emotional gifts because, let's face it, when you're living in rebellion against God as a Christian, that's a miserable place to be. You're under the chastening hand of God. Uh, you're, I, was, I was sharing with uh, the folks in the, in the uh, discipleship training class about the, the couple of years that I w- was angry with God and just the spiritual desert that I had in my life. And I finally just got tired of it. I said, God... <laughs> Forgive me for this. I'm, uh, I'm tired of this. I, I just want the sweetness back with you. And because e- emotionally and spiritually, there was just a desert in my life. But when I said yes to God and I, I trusted God there, um, it, that, that joy was returned. And so, um, so important to trust God. And, and it, it, it may be in a decision that you make at your workplace. It may be a stand that you take. Um, whatever, it may, whatever God lays upon your heart to do, be willing to step out and trust Him because there are gifts and things that God lets you enjoy when you trust Him that you don't get any other way but by trusting Him. So that's the first reason you should trust God. There are gifts to receive. So gifts to receive. Secondly, there are challenges to overcome. There are challenges to overcome. Now, verse 28 is recording the negative words of the people, but in these negative words of the people and these words of unbelief, uh, they're telling you a lot about what needed to be overcome. Look at verse 28. The people are larger and taller than we are. The cities are large, fortified to the heavens. We also saw the descendants of the Anakim there. These, these were uh, large, giant-like people. Um, uh, Og, king of Bashan, was one of these guys. You know, they, they, uh, 
had a bed uh, apparently in a, in a ca- I think it was a casket later on they discovered 13 and a half feet long that's how big that guy was and good night and so um, they they were they were large their cities were fortified Jericho had had very fortified walls um, there were challenges to overcome and God had set his people up for these challenges and he wanted them to trust him so that they could overcome these challenges because what would happen through the overcoming of these challenges was that they would go in and they would take the land they would become what God wanted them to be Um, whenever you step out on faith to trust God don't expect everything to be easy usually it's not the Bible describes our Christian life as a battle we're, uh, we're in a spiritual battle. Our struggle is not with flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, there will be physical challenges. Um, Jonah goes, uh, not Jonah, uh, Elijah. God sent Elijah to the brook, and the brook dried up. There was a physical challenge, but God then sent him to the widow uh, who, who fed him, and then God blessed the widow and Elijah and, her, and the widow's son with uh, continued provision throughout the time of drought. Uh, but you see, these physical challenges, these spiritual challenges that we have are part of the battle that God has called us to fight. I see a lot of challenges. You know, when I look at our country, our country is becoming increasingly secular. We've got uh, people attacking the Christian faith uh, uh, of course, people trying to get the Christian faith out of national life. We've got people uh, in the, the universities in our land that are attacking the Christian faith. Some professors who believe it is their job to destroy the faith of Christian young people. Um, I actually heard one of them say that. Uh, there, there are some very great challenges in our country today. But I want to tell you something. We have a God who can overcome the challenges that are, that are there. Uh, the brokenness of our families, the, the, um, the, the bondage of addictions and, and wickedness that are out there. It's, it's, just so, it's everywhere you look. It's everywhere. But these challenges can be overcome by the power of God. Um, it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. As we take these things to God in prayer, as we obey God in faith and do the things that he's called us to do, what we're going to see is these challenges begin to come down. These, these obstacles begin to come down. And um, I've seen God sometimes deal with the obstacles through prayer and prayer alone. Then at other times I've seen God deal with, deal with problems, um, and I'm still not quite sure how he did it. But uh, he would lead me in one thing and I do one thing or another thing and then he'd lead somebody else in something and they do one thing or another thing and then you know it's one of those situations you're not really quite sure how it happens but you get to the other side and say hey God did this he overcame this and we're on the other side of it and God has done something amazing um it's God is in the business of overcoming obstacles I love the uh, the story of David and Goliath and uh, David, by the way, Goliath was one of the Anakim as well. They, some of them, the Anakim had settled in the Philistine territory. But uh, he's, he's standing there taunting the armies of Israel, and, and all of them are scared to death. Uh, you know, they, they are, 
terrified of Goliath, and nobody is willing. All these soldiers and all these uh, mighty men are unwilling to go fight Goliath, and here comes a teenager named David. And he overhears Goliath, and he says, Who is this vile Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And, and he goes out there. Saul tries to give him his army. He goes out there. All he's got is a slingshot. It was the kind you, you twist above your head. And um, he t- tells Saul, he says, Look, uh, your servant is a shepherd. And uh, when a lion came against the sheep, I killed the lion. And when a bear came against the sheep, I killed the sheep. And God has enabled me to do these things. And God will enable me with this, this vile Philistine will be like one of them. I love the faith in David. It was so great. And he goes out there and the Bible says that Goliath looked at him and despised him. He's like, is this the best you got? You're sending a teenager out. I'm an experienced warrior. And he begins to taunt him. You know, am I a dog? You've come at me with sticks and you got this little slingshot. Listen, buddy, I'm going to tear you up. And, you know, he's, he's taunting David. David says, look, I'm coming against you in the name of God of Israel who's going to deliver you into my hand. And he takes that, that slingshot. There goes the, the stone into the middle of Goliath's forehead, and it sinks down deep, and he falls down dead. And Israel wins a great victory. The faith of a teenager. Isn't that awesome? Uh, I, I want you to know something. God doesn't necessarily need somebody who has a lot of great physical strength or has a lot of giftedness. God just needs somebody who's willing to step out in faith. And what happened is when David stepped out on faith, in faith, all of the others in the army were emboldened, and then they joined in the battle, and they rout the Philistines. And what seemed impossible now because one young teenage boy says, I am going to trust God, and I believe that God is able, this whole army was defeated. God can take care of our obstacles. Um, I had a cousin who um, struggled, and it, it was with an addiction, and, and seemed very hopeless in his life. He came to Christ in a prison. I want to tell you something. God can overcome the obstacles in our lives. Uh, Kids that have gone astray, uh, marriages that are broken. I've seen God put marriages back together when people came to Christ. These obstacles can be overcome. God can set people free from sin. It's just amazing the things that he can do. The Bible says that the early church turned the world upside down. And God did it with two, well, with 12 men, but I'm thinking of the two, Peter and John, standing before the Sanhedrin. He says, uh, they said, you determine whether it's right for us to obey God or or to obey you. And the Bible says they took note of these men that they were unschooled, ordinary men, but they had been with Jesus. And And these ordinary men were able to turn the world upside down. Why? Because they were something special. No, they just had faith in God. And God took these ordinary men and he turned the world upside down. There are challenges to overcome. 
I look at the, the increasing secular uh, situation in our country. I believe it can be overcome with God's power. I believe God can still work. He can still save souls. We're seeing God save souls. Uh, we're seeing God work, and we're seeing uh, the good things that God can do. Um, take these things to God in prayer. Take your challenges, take your burdens to Him in prayer, and see what He will do with these things as you take them to him. One of the things is a theme in Moses' life was over and over again, he would just take his problems to God. Um, I remember one time the Israelites were talking about stoning him. How would you like to have two million angry people that wanted to take your life? Wouldn't that be a lovely thing? Moses just went, he took it to God, he said, Lord, they're about to stone me, what am I going to do? And uh, God delivered him, you know, and God, God worked out the situation. There is really nothing that God can't overcome. There's nothing that he can't provide. The people were looking at the obstacles. They're larger and taller than we are. Uh, my dad was a boxer, and he used to say, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> you know, but listen. God doesn't even need somebody that's skilled in boxing. He can knock them over. They're larger and taller than we are. Their cities are large, fortified to the heavens. Isn't it amazing that when they go into the promised land, they're looking at these huge walls around the city of Jericho that were impregnable. And God says, walk around the city seven times. One day for... Once a, once a day for seven days and on the seventh day seven times and blow the trumpet and shout and the walls will come down. Makes absolutely no sense. But they trusted God. And when they trusted God, the Bible says the walls fell. And they fell outward. And they walked over the walls into the city and took the city. Is that not amazing? It's the power of God. They didn't have the strength to overcome this on their own. But that's why they needed to trust God. Because there were challenges to overcome that they could not overcome themselves. Recognizing our weakness is important because it shows us our need to trust God. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so, walking by faith is recognizing the fact that without God, I can't do anything. But with God, all things are possible. And so I bring those things to Jesus and I step out in faith and obey him and he begins to overcome challenges in my life. So why should we trust God? There are gifts to receive, there are challenges to overcome, and there are directions to follow. There are directions to follow. Look at verse 33. Well, look at verse 32. In spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God who went before you. Isn't it interesting? They sent 12 spies in. God let them do it. This wasn't God's perfect will, but God let them do it. God knew exactly where he wanted them to go. God knew exactly what the situation was. He told them the names of all the people who, peoples who inhabited the land. He had a plan. They just needed to follow his plan. They needed to follow his direction. But they were trying to figure it out themselves. Isn't that like we do sometimes? We, we try to figure everything out. 
Sometimes the last thing we do is take our problem to God. It should be the first thing we do. And so, uh, he says, The Lord went before you on the journey to seek out a place for you to camp. Did you know God has a place for you? A place to live? A place to work? A place to work leisure activities? Whatever. But we follow God's leadership as far as the places that we're to be. Um, and as you're in these places, God has divine appointments. I love coffee. And I remember, you remember the movie The Passion of the Christ? And this was about probably two or three weeks after I saw the movie The Passion. And... Uh, I'd gone in this coffee shop. I was tired, just you know, kind of needing a, a caffeine boost. You know, you know. I'm, do you feel me? Uh, I, it was early afternoon. I think it might have been a Monday. You know, and especially needed on a Monday. But uh, I'd gone in there to get my coffee, and I was I was started in the stuff, and this guy just looks up at me, and I've only had this happen twice in my life. Okay, so this is not something that happens all the time, uh, but. This man looked up at me and he said, uh, are you a Christian? And I said, yeah. I said, are you a pastor? <laughs> I said, yeah. I don't know if we got, I guess we look like him. You know, there's a certain look. I don't know. But um, I said, yeah. He said, well, he said, I saw that movie, The Passion. And he said, I need to be saved. Could you tell me how to be saved? There's a divine appointment. God had a place for me to be. Who would have thought the coffee shop would be the place where God was going to work? Especially before I drank the caffeine. But, uh, but God worked, and he, he trusted Christ right there in the, in the coffee shop that day. And, uh, and that divine appointment. This, you, you never know where God's going to use you, but God has a place for you. Um, and, and you need to be open to God to, to follow his leadership in where he wants you to be. God had a place for them. They didn't need spies to tell them where to camp. God already had a plan. Follow the plan of God. So then he says, He went uh, in the fire by night and in a cloud by day to guide you on the road you were to travel. What's he talking about? Numbers tells us that um, the camp of Israel in the wilderness was led by the, the pillar of fire, which was a, a theophany, a, a picture uh, that hid the glory of God, the glory of Christ. Christ was the one who was leading them in the wilderness. But the Bible says that whenever the cloud would lift up off the, the tabernacle and begin to move, the people would break camp and they'd follow. They'd go with the, until it came down once again. And then uh, they would set up camp again. They'd stay there. Might be two days, might be two months. But they would stay there as long as the cloud stayed there. The cloud would lift up. They'd move again. And, and, and Moses is reminding them, he's saying, look, didn't God show you where to go before? Didn't God direct your steps before? Can you not trust, trust him now to direct you in the things, in the places you need to go, and the things you need to do? And so we need to trust God because there are directions to follow. God has specific directions for us. 
Now, I'm not saying that God may direct you every step that you take in, in your day. He doesn't do that with me. But there are those times where I, I sense I'm supposed to do something. And, and sometimes I may not think of it, oh, I'm going for a divine appointment. But I just kind of sense, oh, I need to do such and so. And, and I'll go and I'll do it. And, and God ends up working in that situation. Um, I, I've told you one time about when I was struggling, when Megan was sick, and God led me to call my sister, and I didn't even feel like talking. But I just sensed on my heart, call Jenny. <laughs> and so I called her. And uh, she ministered to me. I tell you what, she's got the gift of mercy. And I was struggling, and she just ministered to the core. I mean, I, she, I, I, was, I was a new man when I got off the phone. It was like God just used her in my life. What, there was a place I needed to be on the phone with my sister. You say, well... Uh, listen, uh, you know, that's just, just coincidence. Or, well, I believe that was a divine appointment that God had for me that day. Um, there was a little lady named uh, Iris Crawford in my last church, and she, uh, she was borderline mentally retarded, just slightly uh, above that. And, but she wasn't where she could function on her own, so she, she lived in a nursing home. And I would go see her pretty regularly, but it had been a few weeks since I'd seen her because I was busy with the crusade. And, and uh, I was headed to the bookstore, and God's just kind of prompted my heart, go see Iris Crawford. So I turned my car around, and I went over to the nursing home and went in there. She wasn't there, but her roommate said, Iris is in the hospital. I said, okay, what hospital is she in? She told me, and so I said, okay, thank you for telling me that. And so I went to the hospital, um, asked where, what room she was in, went up to her room, and when I walked in the door, she just lit up like a Christmas tree. And she said, I prayed for God to send you here today. Talk about the goodness of God. But it, God had a place for me to be. He had a direction for me to follow. And I'm going to tell you something. Some, some people may say, well, that's not all that important. I'll tell you that that is important to God. God cares for the needs of his people. And she called out to God, and God said, okay, I've got an appointment for Roger. You're not going to the bookstore today. Get over here. And uh, sometimes you've got to be careful because if you're going the wrong way, you may be like Balaam. You remember Balaam, riding, uh, he's riding the donkey, and the donkey stopped. He starts beating him and everything, and the donkey talks to him. That right there ought to get your attention if your donkey starts talking to you. Uh, but he's, uh, he's, he's saying, I'm madder than you, and so forth. And he says, well, you know, hey, I'm your, I've been a good donkey to you. you know, I, I've, I, have I ever given you any problem like this before? Finally, God opens his eyes. He sees the angel of the Lord with a drawn sword standing in the path. His donkey had saved his life. The donkey was smarter than he was. <laughs> you know, when you're going the opposite way that God tells you, the donkey's smarter than you are. But anyway, uh, God has a place for us to be. You need to be open for God to correct your schedule, to lead you to a different place if he calls you to go. There are directions to follow. Um, I'm convinced that we as God's people have what the world needs. Jesus Christ is the greatest thing that there is in this world. And he is the source of hope 
He's the source of life, and He is our, our future. Uh, as we listen to God and trust Him in our lives, there'll be gifts to receive, there'll be challenges to overcome, and directions to follow, but God will use us to make a difference in this world. This second generation did indeed trust God, and they went into the promised land, and they took the land, and they enjoyed the gifts of God the first generation missed. They, they were in the places where God led them to go, and they saw God work through them, and they saw God do things they didn't think were possible, but they, they walked in faith, and God began to do some amazing things. That generation of Israel's history, um, probably more than any other, was an example of faith. God wants us to be an example of faith, and uh, he wants us to follow him in trust. Would you say yes to Jesus in the things he's calling you to do? It may be to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Uh, I know most of us are Sunday night. Most of us are believers here, I think probably all. But uh, there may be somebody that God's touched your heart and shown you you need to surrender to Christ and put your trust in him. Uh, that's the step of faith that you need to take. Others, there may be a, a, a call to ministry, or it may be uh, that uh, God is challenging you to serve in some way, and you need to be, just be willing to say yes to Jesus and, and make a commitment tonight. I'm just going to invite you, whatever God has laid upon your heart to trust him with, uh, just, just come to this altar and tell him, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Give me the grace to trust you and follow you, and I choose to say yes to you. Um, if you need to be saved, come here to the front where I'll be standing. Um, if you need prayer, I'll be happy to pray for you.